Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Kicking Out at Two. I am your host, Dave Rosenbluth. Thank you all so very much for joining me. Um, full disclosure, currently at the time of this recording, uh, our society, our country, uh, maybe even the entire world is in the middle of a self-isolation, self-quarantine period due to the COVID-19 or as some would like to refer to it as the coronavirus pandemic. Um, first and foremost, uh, I hope you all are staying safe, staying healthy, washing your hands, practicing good hygiene. Not that you shouldn't have in the first place, but uh, please keep continuing to do that. Um, Hopefully, with these podcasts that I'm going to be putting out um, on the on the stream, that uh, I can bring some levity to the situation, uh, provide you guys with a distraction. I'm sure that there's some boredom that has set in. Some of you may have children. You guys need a break from your kids, from your spouses. Hopefully, myself and here kicking out at two, we can do that for you guys. Um, this recording here. Uh, we're going to be doing a special watch-along of the April 3rd, 1995 episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. It took place the night after WrestleMania 11, which was the last recording um, that Justin and I participated in, a special watch party. Um, so we're going to kind of follow up the, uh, the the events that took place from WrestleMania on this recording here. So you can go to your WWE network and search um under the, the little space bar on the side, on the left-hand side, it's Monday Night Raw. Um, you'll search the year 1995, and the date will be April the 3rd, 1995. It runs about 46 minutes in, in uh, excuse me, uh, in, in change. Um, it's not those three-hour Raws that, you know, we're all used to these days. Uh, this is the early infancy of Monday Night Raw. Um, so while you guys are doing all that... Um, let us know on social media what you guys have been up to, what your wrestling viewing habits have been with, when it comes to the um, this pandemic during this time period, during this this uh, period of self-isolation, if you will. Let us know on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button um, if you haven't already. If you have the like button, then tell all your self-isolated quarantine retro pro wrestling fans to hit that like button as well and be a part of all the fun that we got going on over there. Trying to make things as interactive as possible, especially during this time period. Um, there was a, um, a recent question I posed on the social media um, about uh, self-quarantining with wrestlers past and present. Pick five wrestlers past or present that you would like to self-quarantine with. Most of you guys out there, the males in particular, um, picked all very attractive hot women, um, <laughs> which I found a little funny, uh, thinking that um, you know you, you guys have a shot with any of these women like I would myself because I don't think I would. Uh, my wife certainly wouldn't appreciate that. Um, but uh, speaking of which... Um, let me uh, let me, let me say that um, you know my wife is also practicing this self isolation quarantining period, um, and she has taken over my studio uh, with her office setup um, because she still has to work from home on a limited basis. So I am recording this watch along on my iPhone. Uh, so uh, you know if there's any uh, issues with the uh, the production quality or the technical the technical side of things, I want to apologize, uh, but my wife and her job priority comes first, so she's taking over the, uh, the, the the studio in the basement, and uh, I'm doing this watch-along solo on my iPhone, so um, that's that. Now let's get into the watch-along this week. Uh, like I said, Monday Night Raw, April 3rd, 1995. When I say play, you hit play. Uh, make sure your sound's off. Uh, so we can watch this together. From time to time, I will uh, turn the sound on for some uh, some promos um, so you guys have an idea of what's going on if you're following along. Um, if you don't want to watch along, you just want to listen, that's great. But um, let's get into it. In five, four, three, two, one, hit play. As we open here with some still shots of WrestleMania 11 from the previous evening with Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor and the NFL All-Pro team that backed Lawrence Taylor in his corner, emanating, of course, from my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut, Lawrence Taylor with salt and pepper. We also see Diesel with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Nick Turturro, Pamela Anderson, and Jenny McCarthy. After his victory over Shawn Michaels, uh, there you see a sh still shot of Owen Hart with both WWF Tag Team Championships as he and his mystery partner, Yokozuna, there you see him, defeated the Smoking Guns 
for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles, and those are some of the uh, the highlights from uh, from WrestleMania 11. Not not very many, as uh, Justin and I talked about in our um, previous recording during the watch along, which you can find up in the streams. SoundCloud.com, search Kicking Out at Two, you'll find the WrestleMania 11 Watch Party, as well as the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. Uh, by searching Retro Mania with a W, uh, you can find uh, Kicking Out at Two and all the great shows from the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network up there. Um, you can also find Retro Mania with a W. Um, or search by searching with a W on uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, as we see Vince McMahon with Jim Cornette as his um, his color commentator for the evening. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe upon doing some of my research, um, this episode of Raw was taped in the middle of March before WrestleMania had even taken place. Um, but I, I still haven't been able to confirm that. There's some other um, news outlets that I've, you know, searched for and looked into that have said that this episode was live the night after Monday Night Raw or after WrestleMania, excuse me. Um, but um, I will say that, um, you know, this is the uh, here comes Bob Spark Plug Holly, who unfortunately was not on the WrestleMania card the, the previous evening. But um, this uh, this is probably the first Monday Night Raw after a WrestleMania that had some noteworthy um, moments from this show. Um, usually when it comes to um, the Raw after WrestleMania, you have, um, it's like a se- it's like a, a season finale or the, or the, the season premiere of new storylines in um, wrestling history. I received Bob Holly with the one, two, three kid who was very active at the uh, WrestleMania pay-per-view the previous evening in Razor Ramon's corner, taking on uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the Intercontinental Champion, who was backed by the roadie. Um, But this match here looks to be uh, Bob Holly going one-on-one with Hakushi, who is accompanied by his manager, Shinja, who once played... um, uh, he was a part of the, the tag team, the Orient Express, with Pat Tanaka, managed by Mr. Fuji, a few years prior in the WWF. Um, this time he would be in the role of a manager with Hakushi here. Um, but yeah, this Monday Night Raw is probably the first one um, where we really saw like a, a shift in the stories. Um, and we'll see later on what I'm, ta- you know, what I'm referring to. But obviously, the evolution of that has grown over the years, with um, you know the raw increasing its time with being you know two hours and then eventually three hours and all the uh, the happenings that would take place with returns and debuts and major storylines you know culminating or beginning, um, you know Brock Lesnar in 2012 returning. Um, you know, the year prior in 2011, The Rock and John Cena, you know, uh, making their WrestleMania 28 match official the night after WrestleMania 27. So, I mean, it's, you know, there, there's a lot of big things that have taken place on these, you know, Monday Night Raws. And this would be the first Monday Night Raw um, to to really kick off that trend um, when it comes to uh, the... Um, the major happenings, the storyline shifts, if you will, here. Um, WWF, where the real action is. Uh, yeah. Um, some some may argue that during that time period. But nonetheless, uh, we lock up here in the opening stages of this match with Bob Sparkplug Holly and Hakushi. Um, I'll be honest with you, 1995, 12 years old, um, didn't really have a... Uh, a dog in the fight when it came to these two. Um, but looking back on it, uh, I wish that Hakushi uh, was featured a little more. Uh, I know that he would have a rivalry with Bret Hart, and he would eventually be involved in the um, the Barry Horowitz, Body Donna's um, uh, storyline uh, later on this year, 1995. But Hakushi was one hell of a performer, very talented, Um the, the, the and just the visual of him with the tattoos all over his body and his face, um, he really stood out to me 
um, even back then. Um, if you go back and you look at um, some of the uh, the matches he had on uh, in WWF at the time, um, he was real. I wouldn't say he was ahead of his time, but he was re- he he really brought it when it came to the in reaction. Um, one of my favorite matches involving him was the um, the match with uh, the one two three kid who is on the outside. Um, cornering Bob Holly as he um he faced you know one two three kid at SummerSlam and I thought it was a really fun match really exciting way to open that show uh SummerSlam 1995 you can also find that on the network as well um but this year uh this was like the early introduction to him people didn't really know who he was uh wasn't um a whole lot involving him and storylines so this was just kind of like an introduction and i guess you could say like his introduction to the wwf on this episode of monday night raw excuse me while i uh while i get my coffee here irish whip into the corner by hakushi to bob holly oh holly ducks and misses and Look what we have here, the new World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Um, I feel like this is this episode of Raw is live, and it wasn't taped in the middle of March. Um, otherwise, they would have been given away a major spoiler by having the returning Yokozuna appear. Um, and it looks like they're scouting the, the, the tag team competition uh, you know, with Holly and Kid, who were... <clears throat> excuse me, were the, uh, the WWF tag team champions, um, virtue of a, uh, a victory over Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka at the 1995 Royal Rumble. So, um, looks like we're seeing some foreshadowing here, um, of the, the WWF tag team division, um, which I kind of mentioned on, on our last recording, uh, the WrestleMania 11 watch along, uh, talking about how, you know, the tag team division really wasn't, um, really wasn't anything to write home about during this time in, in WWF. You know, you had the champs, Owen Hart and Yokozuna, and you had the smoking guns, but that was really about it. Maybe men on a mission, um, but it wasn't anything, uh, you know, uh, anything special. And, um, you know, putting Yoko and Owen as the figureheads of that tag team division, I think, certainly helped, but um, WWF has never been a tag team territory, so to speak. Um kick out by holly to hakushi here working on the arm and the shoulder referee of this match mike kyota one two three kid looking on is holly trying to fight off this onslaught by hakushi there you see yokozuna newly crowned world wrestling federation tag team champion i'm just curious as to why they're i mean i'm guessing that they're out here to oh wait a minute we got some action oh Kid with a, a kick to Owen as Owen tried to attack him on the outside, causing a distraction of sorts. Oh, chop by the kid to Owen. And Yoko stalking. One, two, three, kid now around the corner. Fans seem to be into it here. Yoko's not really uh, in a hurry to to help his partner Owen, I see. Oh, to the back of the head, Yokozuna to the one, two, three kid. As Hakushi now setting up Bob Holly for a superplex off the top rope. Oh, Holly countered that. As we see here, flying clothesline by Bob Holly off the top rope. One, two, three, kid looking to recover here from the onslaught outside by Yokozuna. I mean, judging by what I'm seeing here, and this is the first time I've ever watched this episode, by the way. Um, never seen this episode in full from start to finish. So uh, for those of you that are watching, you're watching with me for the first time. Um, it looked like they were still, from best of my recollection, looks like they were still, uh, you know, uh, keeping Holly and Kid as a team as a part of this uh, rebuilding of the tag team division. 
Um, like I said, you had Owen and Yoko smoking guns, men on a mission, Holly and Kid, now a Luger and um, and uh, Davy Boy, uh, Allied Powers. Nice drop kick. Some have said Bob Holly with the best drop kick in the business. It's hard to argue that. Hard not to argue that, I should say. Uh, other guys like Lance Storm, Randy Orton had great drop kicks. Um, I always liked Lance Storm's drop kick. He just used to get up so high and he would connect. Oh, Yoko tripping up the feet of Holly. Referee didn't see it. Senton splash by Hakushi. One, two, three. And here is your winner of this opening match on Monday Night Raw with a little bit of help from Yokozuna and Owen Hart. Hakushi. And the WWF Tag Team Champions saunter away from ringside as Hakushi celebrates his victory. Yeah, like I said earlier, this is a, a, a cool-looking presentation here uh, with Hakushi, the tattoos and um, everything else. Oh, here we go. WrestleMania 11 hat and program t-shirt. Shilling the merchandise. The, the Lawrence Taylor t-shirt. I've always wanted one of those. Um, those are some hard-to-come-by items. You won't be able to find that stuff on uh, on eBay anymore. I know Zack Ryder's a big collector of, of some of that merchandise. And uh, here we have the WrestleMania 11 report um, with Jim Ross. Is he backstage at WrestleMania or Monday Night Raw? Why don't I uh, Why don't I turn the sound up for this so we can uh, we can we can get a good uh, good idea of what's being uh, discussed? Seen on tape delay throughout the world. Of course, everybody was talking about Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. Would LT be able to transfer his skills from the gridiron to the squared circle? We saw Salt and Pepper, the Grammy Award-winning group sing LT to the ring and of course LT would be met eventually in the ring by the million dollar team of Ted DiBiase and of course uh, they would be soon joined by an illustri illustrious group of tremendous athletes the all pros led by Captain Reggie White and then Bam Bam Bigelow would come to the ring almost a near altercation at Salt and Pepper as Bigelow took exception to some of the comments that they made in the lyrics of their song and then the moment everyone was waiting for the arrival of the legendary Lawrence Taylor and then when these two athletes got to the ring it was a stare down a mind game if you will and then the action would start LT with a surprising bulldog headlock one of many outstanding wrestling maneuvers that he was able to perfect the action then went outside a near brawl Sued between the all-pro team and the million-dollar team. No doubt about it. Bam Bam Bigelow came to fight. A high-risk maneuver almost put LT out of commission in the latter stages of the contest. But finally, it was Lawrence Taylor, victorious. Lawrence Taylor upsetting Bam Bam Bigelow, but he upset a lot more than that, ladies and gentlemen, as you will hear. A distraught Bam Bam Bigelow had a, a very emotional comments to say. These comments occurred in the post-WrestleMania 11 press conference. Uh, as far as the Million Dollar Corporation, uh, that's what I got to worry about now. Uh, I don't know where I stand with that, and uh, it's on my mind. And, uh, you know, life goes on for Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, uh, Bam Bam's lost before, you know. But, um, you know, it's not going to change for me. I'm still here in the WWF. It's a new generation, and uh, I'm going to make it a better generation. I'm going to keep on fighting. He left open the possibility. We would not expect anything less from that great athlete, and we'll keep our eye on his situation as it relates to Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation. Also, ladies and gentlemen, last evening at WrestleMania, it was an I-quit matchup involving Bret the Hitman Hart and Bob Backlund. There you see Bret Hart coming to the ring. He would soon be joined by the controversial Mr. Bob Backlund, and then a big surprise, the special referee, Rowdy Roddy Piper, would officiate this I-quit matchup that featured several submission maneuvers. Here you see Bret Hart using a figure four leg lock on Bob Backlund, and then Bob Backlund would execute his favorite maneuver, the cross-face chicken wing. And for the first time, that maneuver was reversed, and Bret Hart used the cross-face chicken wing to make Bob Backlund I quit. Rowdy Roddy Piper says he heard Bob Backlund say I quit. Bret Hart was the winner. And ladies and gentlemen, another outstanding matchup. A matchup of epic proportions. It was The Undertaker with a spectacular entrance as usual in Hartford, Connecticut last night, taking on the 440-pound 
King Kong Bundy. Another surprise, guest referee, American League umpire Larry Young officiating his first WrestleMania contest. And at one point during the contest, The Undertaker and Paul Bear reacquired the urn for the Million Dollar Team. But not for long, as Kama would come to ringside and take the urn from Paul Bear. No doubt, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can expect to see a confrontation with the awesome Undertaker and Kama somewhere down the road. Now, don't forget, if you missed WrestleMania, it will be repeated uh, to one week from tomorrow night, exclusively on pay-per-view. Call your cable company for that information as we take you back to the ring. Vince McMahon is standing by in the ring. All right. Um... Yeah, what a uh, what an evening that was. Some argue the worst WrestleMania of all time. Um, Vince McMahon introducing uh, the reigning, defending World Wrestling Federation champion here to the live audience, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, after successfully uh, retaining his championship over Shawn Michaels the previous evening. Um, Justin and I talked about this on our last recording when it came to the the match itself. This was the match that really made Shawn Michaels into a main eventer. Um, and this was the match that really um, cemented um, the beginning of the end for Diesel as the top draw in the WWF. Uh, more people were into Shawn Michaels, even as a bad guy, and people were not really into uh, Diesel. Let's uh, l- let's play the audio here for this interview, so we can uh, get some of Diesel's comments. Generation, generation, for sure. Congratulations on last night at WrestleMania. What about what about Shawn Michaels' request for a return match? What about it? Well, first off. If it wasn't for Sid last night at WrestleMania, Big Daddy Cool might be up here right now asking for a rematch himself. You know, I viewed the videotape over and over, and I've come up to one conclusion. If it wasn't for Sid interfering outside last night, pulling the referee out, thus the referee gets injured, things might have been a little different. Now, there were a lot of ifs and buts last night in that match. But I tell you what, Shawn Michaels deserves a rematch. No kidding. Well, yes, there was some controversy involved. Not much is for certain. The twisted ankle of the official. Uh, I think there's no secret that you and Shawn Michaels... uh, we're certainly very close friends at one time, and I'm not so sure that friendship didn't play a part in this matchup. What about it? You know, I thought at WrestleMania I could stay focused. But the thing is, when I walked in this door two years ago, Sean and I became friends. Subsequently, we became best of friends. And at WrestleMania, yeah, there's a certain debt of gratitude that I own Shawn Michaels. And it played a part in last night's match. With all that aside, Sean, you've got the rematch. But speaking of friends, let me tell you something, Sean. Take my word on this. That psycho bodyguard of yours is not your friend. He's out for one thing and one thing only, and that's himself. So then if you were giving uh, some advice to Sean Michaels... What would it be? I wouldn't take Carl Malden's advice. I'd take Big Daddy Cool's advice. Sean, at the rematch, leave home without him. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Big Daddy Cool, the reigning World Wrestling Federation champion. We'll be right back with our Monday Night Raw. All right. Well, it sounds like that they are planting the seeds for what's to come later on in this broadcast. Is coming up next, we have the Allied Powers taking on Well Done. And there we see Alundra Blaze warming up, getting ready for her match. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, this is a, a, 
an episode of Raw that really sets the table for uh, new storylines and, and, and new angles um, and a shift, uh, a change, if you will, for a new season of the WWF. And this would be like the first Monday Night Raw, in my opinion, that really um, emphasized that. Um, and judging by the, the tenor and the tone in the interview that we just listened to with Diesel, um, it looks like... Uh, you know they're they're really setting up pretty hard a, um, a Shawn Michaels babyface turn and really putting over the fact that he had a hell of a performance at uh, WrestleMania against him the previous night for the championship. Um, and here we have the newly formed Allied Powers with Lex Luger and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. Uh, being led to the ring by a couple of youngsters waving the Union Jack and the uh, the, the the flag of the United States of America. Um, like I said, this was a uh, a tag team that was like a super team, if you will. And um, I, I I was looking forward to the prospects of um, how far they would go as a team, but um, you you know, like I said in the last recording with Justin. This was pretty much the beginning of the end in terms of Lex Luger and his um, rise up the ranks in the WWF at the time, um, which was a shame because I, you know, being a, a a broader wrestling fan from watching other wrestling like NWA and WWF when I was younger or WCW, I should say, um, Luger, uh, you know, I was a fan of Luger. I enjoyed Luger's work, um, his stuff in the Horseman, his stuff against the Horseman, um, I was I was a Luger fan, um, and uh, I wanted to see him, uh, you know, do something a little, you know, a little different than what he did in WW WCW. But I also wanted him up the ranks in the card. Um, I even pictured Luger as the WWF champion, and for whatever reason, that did not happen. Um, they say that he uh, he didn't really get over as much. Um, oh Jesus, almost dropping. Uh, I don't know if that's Timothy Well or Stephen Dunn, whoever that is, um, but well done here. A, uh, a, a lesser known tag team in, in, in wrestling history coming from that Jim Cornette, Smoky Mountain territory. Um, these guys, what was their claim to fame in the WWF? Maybe they had a rivalry with the Bushwhackers. I don't know. Um, ugly cover there by Luger. Jesus Christ. Now, or maybe I could see why he was putting a tag team in. Not in a singles. Side headlock, Irish whip into the ropes. Shoulder to, ooh. Got Luger by the hair, referee distracted. Like I said, I don't know which one's which, whether it's Stephen, Timothy Well or Stephen Dunn. Um, I probably should know this since I'm hosting this watch along with you guys. Um, hopefully you guys are having a... Uh, a, a good time. Hopefully, I'm entertaining you as best as I possibly can. Uh, usually, I'm a little bit more animated, but um, I'm in. I'm currently, like I said, recording this on my iPhone, and my wife is, de- you know, taking over the basement. Uh, you know, answering the phones for her job. So um, I'm currently self quarantining and isolating myself in our bedroom, doing this watch along, recording this on our iPhone, my iPhone, I should say, uh, during the self isolation period here. Um, and hopefully by the time this recording drops, um, we'll be done with this and we'll be back to normal activities. But um, at the time of this recording, I don't think that's very possible. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think this is going to extend further um, in the coming weeks and maybe even months um, in the United States, in our society. Um, it's very unfortunate, but, um, you know, we got we got to take the extra precautions in order for this thing not to spread even further. And you know, that, that that's really all I have to say about that. I'm not going to get into politics or or anything like that. Um, not certainly not going to uh, give you uh, my opinion on who screwed this up and you know why we're in this predicament because this is a wrestling podcast. This has nothing to do with politics, and I have no agenda. I got no dog in the fight. Uh, speaking of dogs, Davy Boy getting the tag in, nice clothesline. To one half of well done back body drop. Ooh, that could have ended ugly. But um, as far as this team goes, um, 
it was unfortunate that there wasn't a lot done. I really would have liked to have seen a tag title run with these two. Um, I felt like, you know, they, they looked good together. Um, they might not have gelled as well because they were just kind of thrown together, um, randomly and it might've taken them a little bit of time, but, um, you know, being the Luger fan that I was, um, I really wanted, uh, to, uh, to, to see him succeed. And, Ooh, I like this. I like that. I've never seen that before. It was almost like that's their finisher right there. Davy Boy holds him up while Luger hits the patented bionic forearm. And you're winners of this match, decisively, might I add. Uh, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, the Allied Powers. Previous night at WrestleMania, they wrestled. Uh, um, oh, look at this. Small uh, pyrotechnics display post-match here um they wrestled uh jacob and eli blue um in the opening match of wrestlemania which was probably one of the worst openers in wrestlemania history as we uh coming up next uh alundra blaze and bull nakano and here we see jenny mccarthy discussing um her involvement in wrestlemania along with jonathan taylor thomas let's play the sound for this one the new generation Great time at WrestleMania. The new generation is unbelievable. Hey, WWF! Wow, I had a great time. What a night. Lawrence Taylor. Wow, Diesel. I tell you, it was incredible. The World Wrestling Federation. I mean, I may be back. Who knows? I may have a new career. You never know. Me and Vince say we got a thing going. You know what I'm talking about? NYPD Blue. Well, you know, I love the show, but hey, World Wrestling Federation, I'm telling you, boy, it was great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Nicholas Taturo, who um, who probably took his role uh, very seriously um, from the previous evening at WrestleMania, um, I uh, I definitely uh, en- enjoyed his contributions um, as the the ace reporter, so to speak, as he was on the search for uh, for Pamela Anderson. Um, uh, yeah, that was just a, a very uh, uh, one sided. Uh, promo if you will from the celebrities really hyping up uh their excitement from wrestlemania and uh really hyping up the new generation of the world wrestling federation as we see uh, alundra blaze making her way to the ring to take on bull nakano for the wwf women's championship um this was not on the wrestlemania card um i've heard rumors that they discussed putting in this putting this on the wrestlemania card i don't know why they didn't um, it probably would have been a really good match and probably would have stolen the show. Oh, and we kick things off here with Bull Nakano attacking Alundra Blaze before the, bell, before the bell rang. These two always had really good matches and, um, you know, were very um, underappreciated when it came to uh, their contributions for the women's division at this time in the WWF, which there really wasn't a whole lot of... Um, activity on television with them you'd see like little special attraction matches here and there between the two of them um and a a host of other women but there wasn't really a lot of focus and obviously now you know we're some 25 years later and the uh the, the women's wrestling in general not just in wwe but in general has really grown um where they're not an attraction they're they're not out there based on their look it's you know their skill as well um the the athletic presentation for the women um is uh is by 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 and large um set sets you uh you know years and years apart um and is uh certainly uh better than what we're seeing here but um you know if bull nakano and Alundra Blaze Medusa um, were part of today's women's division um, in WWE or contributed to women's wrestling as a whole um, in, uh, in in the entire business. I think they would have I think they would have done pretty well for themselves, um, especially uh, Nakano here. She had a, a an interesting look to her. Um, I could picture someone like a Bull Nakano. You know, in a in a tag team with like an Oscar, or maybe even as a rival, um, Alundra Blaze, uh, hell of a performer. 
doesn't get enough credit for her contributions in wrestling. She was pretty much, you know, a stalwart um, in wrestling you know, during a time period when women weren't highlighted, you know. Um, and she, I, I think she just was a victim of circumstance, just came up during the wrong era. Um, you know, eventually it would be later on in this year. Uh, it would be December of 95 where she would leave the WWF and uh, bring that WWF Women's Championship belt with her um, onto uh, WCW Nitro, throwing it in the trash can live on television. And uh, some say that was the beginning of the end for her. Um, she didn't really have a whole lot uh, going on for her in WCW following that. You know, some matches here and there. Um, but she wasn't featured as much as I'm sure she would like to have been. Uh, you know, she had one instance with, uh, you know, uh, Akira Hokuto for the WCW Women's Championship, but that wasn't, you know, that was another title that wasn't featured as much. Um, really wasn't a whole lot of thought put into it. Um, oh, look at this. Is this a sharpshooter here by Bull Nakano? Oh, no, it's that, uh, that like, oh, I like this move. I forgot about this. She's got that leg lock with the, yeah. This is a cool submission here. I like this move. I like the look with Nakano with the, the veins on her forehead and the hair. She just had a very unique look about her and was very talented in the ring. Someone who doesn't get enough credit for her contribution uh, to women's wrestling. Big name over in Japan and uh, a culture that, even during this time period, appreciated women's wrestling. Um, but uh, going back to what I was saying before, um, what was I saying before? I don't know. I just lost my train of thought here. Um, oh, the, uh, the, the, you know, Alundra Blaze Medusa, her time in WCW, you know, like I said, a small run facing the, the WCW women's champion, Akira Hokuto, but she had a little involvement with Sherry, who was, you know, the, the on-screen girlfriend of Colonel Robert Parker. Nice powerbomb kick out by Blaze Medusa. Um, and then she had a, a brief run against Colonel Robert Parker, but that was really about it. Um, and then, you know, just her involvement, you know, in wrestling towards the tail end of WCW just became a joke at that point. Um, nothing against her, but the, the, the scenarios they put her in, like when they had her wrestling for the, uh, the, the, the cruiserweight championship, um, Russo was trying to, you know, Russo was the head booker, Vince Russo, I should say, was the head booker at the time. And he was trying to recreate the, um, the, the, the popularity of, uh, you know, that China had attained wrestling men by having Medusa wrestle the men on WCW. And it just came off very silly and forced. And it, she didn't even look like she liked doing that. Um, and then eventually it would lead to her against, uh, Ed Ferrara, who, who was another writer for WCW, he would play the Oklahoma character, which was a knock on Jim Ross. Nice German suplex by Blaze here. Two nice German suplexes back-to-back. -back. Nakano kicking out of two. Uh, <laughs> ironic kicking out of two. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> yeah, following her exit from the WWF, she seemed to have had a very lackluster career in WCW. I know that for a while she was training some women in WCW, some of the valets. Ooh, Jesus Christ, what a bump there by Nakano. And another German suplex. Why is she even thinking about pinning her on the floor? I don't get that, but um, it's been a pretty fun match so far, I must say. These two women are really uh, giving it their all. Not that they didn't before, but really making a, a match out of it and almost making you believe that maybe they should have been on the WrestleMania card. Um, showing us what we what we missed the previous evening. Slammed by Nakano as she makes her way up the ropes. Second rope. Now the top rope. Looks like she's going to go for a moonsault. Oh, just barely missed Blaze. German, one, two, three. Third time's the charm and your new World Wrestling Federation champion, Alundra Blaze, over Bull Nakano. And this is what I was kind of talking about here um, earlier, that, uh, you know, this was 
this was a moment that it doesn't really get talked about much, but they were really trying to make us believe and feel that like this was the new, you know, reset in storylines and, and in the WWF. And this was part of it with um, her victory and the new champion uh, being crowned on Monday Night Raw. They wanted they wanted big things to happen on the night after Monday Night Raw. And uh, this was part of it. So, um, yeah, pretty good match. Hell of a match. And uh, I wish we kind of saw that on WrestleMania the previous evening. I wish we would have seen, uh, you know, Blaze um, and Nakano for the women's championship. It probably would have been the brighter spots. Maybe it would have been the match of the evening. Who knows? Um, but, uh, oh, wait a minute. What we got here? What the heck? This mysterious figure attacking Alundra Blaze following this m- victory. And it looks like. That is Rhonda Singh, who would be known in the WWF as Bertha Faye. Let's take a look. We're going to get a good shot of her. Oh, she's just beating away on Blaze. Yep, that is. That is Bertha Faye. For those of you new generation WWF fans watching, uh, Bertha Faye was um, managed by Harvey Whippleman, and she was the next... uh, the, the, the next antagonist um, to go after Alundra Blaze and her World Wrestling Federation Women's Championship. Yeah. Um, kicked her right in the face here. Holy cow. There we see highlights from WrestleMania. Talking about the replay that's probably scheduled to come up the following week. Um like I said, ordered this when it took place, and then when the feed went out during the I Quit match and we missed the finish, um, my father was able to get the replay for free through the cable company. Cable companies were offering that regardless. Um, so watched the replay, and there was no issues with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, um, it, was, it was a happening in my house as we see. Oh, what's this? Roddy Piper, Encore Plus next Tuesday on pay-per-view. I think Piper hosted this. I think that's, now I vaguely remember. I think Piper hosted this. And that's what we ended up getting was him hosting the uh, the, the the WrestleMania 11 Encore. And we're back with uh, Men on a Mission. Destroying these two local enhancement talents. And this was, this was a... Um, I believe this was not long after Men on a Mission had turned heel. They had uh, they had uh, attacked the Smoking Guns, um, who were the champions at the time before WrestleMania, and um, they had uh, they had gone to the dark side, if you will. Um, and this would be the beginning of the Mabel push, as um, they were looking to transition him into a singles role. Vince loved big guys, and he was a big fan of, uh, of of Mabel. And eventually this would lead to Mabel winning the King of the Ring tournament over Savio Vega in June of 1995. But, um, oh, Jesus. Man, talk about, ta- oh, talk about taking a bump there. Man, alive. Just playing with him. Here we tag in Joe Exotic, who takes a ugly spinning heel kick from uh, from Mabel. Tagged Mo. Now I'm not sure if Mo was injured and they transitioned him into more of a mouthpiece for Mabel, or if they just, you know, had bigger plans for Mabel. Um, but nonetheless, this was a, a character change for both. Uh, Mo and Mabel, um, I believe they dumped Oscar uh, at this point, who was their like their their mouthpiece, the rapper of the trio. Um, but yeah, men on a mission, they were um, they were like as a babyface team. Oh, now he hooks the leg, and it's over. Your winners, men on a mission, decisively, might I add. Um, as baby faces, men on a mission were like what our truth is now. They brought like you know a I wouldn't say a comic relief, but you know a, a big interaction with the audience, kind of like what our truth does now. 
Um, what is this here? Hunter's Creek, downtown Orlando, Walt Disney. Oh, I know what this is. This is, yeah, that's the house that the WWF gave away at the very first In Your House pay-per-view. Yeah, this is wild. Look at that, a pool. And yeah, let's take this is in Florida. Look at that beautiful home. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe some some fucking ten year old kid won this house by putting his name in, and 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 they picked out the name live on the pay per view. They called him up on the phone live on the pay per view. Todd Pettengill and Stephanie Wyand. Um, and this this kid won this house. Um, I believe they I believe the kid's family didn't have the house for very long. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think he was a um. I don't think he owned the the family owned the house for very long. Um, I think the like there's certain stipulations when it comes to contests like this when they give away things like that, and I think they might have, I think they might have had to sell the house back to the WWF or something or the WWF. I I don't know to be quite honest with you. I I should have done some research on that, but um, yeah, this was when they gave away a house on the very first pay per view. Um, of the in your house series and those pay-per-views price points were much different than like a wrestlemania or a SummerSlam or a royal rumble you had um i think it was like 14.95 and i talked about it a little bit with justin on our um our wrestlemania 11 watch along that um you know i used to beg my father and be like oh dad it's only 15 bucks it's not like the other one and my father was like i don't give a shit it was 15 bucks or 15 cents we're not buying it um but here's the uh the end of the um, of this episode here, uh, probably the more controversial part of this um, this episode involving Shawn Michaels and Sid, and kind of laying the foundation for what's to come with Michaels and Sid. Um, and I'm going to play the audio for you guys here uh, with Shawn Michaels and Sid. championship bout. How do you feel? My back is screaming. I am sore from head to toe, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like I've been run over by a steamroller. Uh, maybe that would be a diesel-powered steamroller. <laughs> Yuckety-yuck, McMannequin. Look. Big Daddy Cool you were not the only one that had trouble forgetting about our friendship during that match last night. I also had trouble focusing. But you know something? As a WWF competitor, as an athlete, I know that there is nothing, and I mean nothing, more important than the World Wrestling Federation Championship which you hold, Big Daddy. So therefore, since we're such good friends, I graciously accept your invitation to a rematch. And when I win, and rest assured, I will win. Big Daddy, I'll return the favor. All right, but what about, uh, what about Sid, the comments made by Diesel? Look, look, as far as Sid is concerned, I can live my life just fine without a bodyguard, thank you. I got here because of the heartbreak kid. Quite honestly, I don't need a bodyguard. And I certainly don't need a bodyguard to cause the referee to turn his ankle and cost me the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So, as far as the rematch is concerned, Big Sid, I'm gonna do you a favor, big man. 
In this rematch, I'm giving you the night off. Let me tell you something, you stupid little puke. Uh-oh. As we stand here, and as days have gone by, I get the feeling you wouldn't believe these things that you're saying. Wait a minute, we're going to have to take a break. I knew Let's it. just cool off a moment, no, please. No, you wouldn't believe these things. I want to tell you something, boy. You don't give me the night off. You don't give me nothing but respect. And we're, if you do, we're in trouble. We gotta take I'll a break. Get your stinking. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable what has happened during the break. You won't believe what happened. I can't believe it. I knew this guy was gonna flip sooner or later. He, he's like Shawn Michaels out. What's going on here? And there you have the end of uh, the Monday Night Raw telecast. Uh, Sid attacking Shawn Michaels. Uh, they didn't show it there. Um, they would eventually show it on uh, Superstars later that weekend. That's how I found out because I didn't get to watch this episode live. Um, I had a bedtime. Uh, go figure. 12 years old. Having a bedtime. Who has a bedtime at 12 years old? Well, apparently Dave Rosenmuth did. But uh, nonetheless, uh, thank you all so very much for tuning in. Uh, with this recording here, the April 3rd, 1995 episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, on our next recording, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to watch an episode of WCW Monday Nitro from April the 15th, 1996. That episode saw Macho Man Randy Savage take on Earl Robert Eaton, otherwise known as Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Hulk Hogan taking on... Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan in a handicap match and the main event, the Giant and Ric Flair taking on Sting and Lex Luger for the WCW World Tag Team Championship. So tune in for that. Uh, it's going to be a watch along on WWE Network as well. Like I said, trying to add some levity to this whole social isolation pandemic, this coronavirus pandemic, um, giving you guys you know some, something to do with your WWE Network. Um, watch along with me um, and join in the self-quarantine, the stay-in-your-house watch parties, so to speak, that I got coming up here on Kicking Out at 2. And uh, I think it's about that time that we put this show officially down for the three count. We'll see you all very soon.